Tom Beauchart has a quirky memory of his late mom, Doris, that involves battery-operated socks. A snap on a little sock pocket would complete the circuit, and a 9-volt battery would keep her feet warm. Those feet became two of the most famous in Minnesota labor history. That's because Doris Beauchart was the anchor of the Wilmer 8, a group of everyday female bank employees in small-town Minnesota in the late 1970s. When the women working in the bank, tired of being paid less than their male counterparts, walked out on strike in the middle of winter in Minnesota. For two bitterly cold winters, they picketed the downtown bank, drawing attention from across the nation and across the world, and becoming a classic case study of sacrifice to instill change. So a man who has never been in a bank, at least as an employee before, comes in and a 19-year veteran who's making $575 a month is asked to train this man who at the entry level... They quickly became national symbols of the women's movement, appearing on talk shows and becoming subjects of a documentary, The Wilmer Eight, from actress and filmmaker Lee Grant. Good morning, my name is Bud Hansen, and this is Open Mic. And uh, we have four very interesting people in the studios with us today. We'll be opening our phone lines in a few minutes, and we will welcome your calls on what has uh, turned out to be a very controversial subject in uh, Wilmer, and it's gained a great deal of attention nationwide and worldwide. Lee, let's uh, find out what brings you to Wilmer. We were very anxious to get all sides to state their position, and we haven't been able to do that. We've spent an awful lot of time on the phone talking to people, to get to other people, to ask other people to please talk to us, to please commit themselves, to please just say anything that they want, and there's like a, a wall of silence on it. I think that's why we're here. Born on a farm near Mount Pleasant, Iowa in 1930, LaDoris Jennings married Roy Beauchart in the early 1950s. Roy's feed-selling job transferred him in 1968 to Wilmer, then a town of about 13,000 residents in south-central Minnesota. As a teller and bookkeeper at Citizens National Bank... It took her 10 years to go from earning $400 a month to $700 a month in the 70s, in the 1970s, that was the same salary as the men she was training who came in were making. We talked about it amongst ourselves all the time, Beauchart said in a 2002 interview. And it just kept growing and growing, and we kept getting angrier and angrier. We had done this many times in the past, and uh, the men would move right up the ladder to management, and the women were still down at the bottom, training everybody that came in. In April 1977, the women marched into the office of bank president Leo Persh, insisting that the unpaid overtime and unfair treatment of female employees had to stop. Then we complained. And what happened? We're told we're not all equal, you know. Adding that men needed to earn more because, among other things, they had to pay for dates. Fuming, the women filed a gender discrimination complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and an unfair labor practice charge with the National Labor Relations Board. And they formed a union, Wilmer Bank Employees Association Local 1. 
often described as Minnesota's first bank workers' union. When negotiations bogged down between the union and the bank, the eight women went on strike December 16, 1977. They donned snowmobile suits and mufflers, braved 70 below zero wind chills, and went on to march in front of the bank, marching that continued for nearly two years, even after the strike ended. Some of the women bristled at their sudden notoriety, insisting they weren't the bra-burning radicals on one end of the emerging feminism front. At age 47, Beauchart was older than the other seven. As she tromped through the snow and cold in her heated socks, Beauchart watched the reaction of her small town split. Well, the customers of the bank, there were some that were very supportive, there were some that were not, which is understandable. In a 2002 documentary, The Wilmer Eight Revisited, Beauchart recalled one woman who came to the picket line and brought us sandwiches and homemade bread, and that was quite uplifting. It almost makes me <laughs> come to tears sometimes when I think of some of them and how mean they were, but see, after all these years, it's still, you can still get teary over this. When I watch the documentary, it's really hard for me because you relive a lot of things that you would like to forget. She knew Wilmer families were debating the strike over their dinner tables, but residents stayed tight-lipped. What is your opinion of the women's strike at Citizens National? Are you taking my picture? Yes. <laughs> no. no, we just want your opinion. I don't want to be in that. No? No. Beauchart said no one ever came out directly and asked what the strike was about. I think they were ashamed that they let us stand out there for two years, she said. I'm going to try and talk to the president, all right? I want to see, at least if we can, these women claim, hello? Yes? Hi, uh, is this Citizens National Bank of uh, Wilmer? Uh, hello? Yes? Uh, Mr. Persh, please. May I ask who's calling? Yes, this is Phil Donahue, the, the TV guy. Okay, I'm sorry, but Mr. Persh is busy at the moment. We're doing a program here, and as you know, we've invited Mr. Persh to be on the program, and we weren't successful. I know he's busy, and I do not expect him to drop everything to run down here. And I don't want to be—I don't want to appear to be uh, steamrolling you here, but we have—we have two women here who are sincerely offering the information to us that your bank has been unfair to them, and we would just like. Doesn't Mr. Persh have a minute and a half for us on the telephone to at least give us his position on this issue? What do you think? Uh, just a minute, please. <laughs> no, he's in a meeting right now. Uh, While other area banks did well, Citizens National watched the number of deposits decline. Bank officials penalized a nearby service station when it let the women use its restroom. In the end, the strike failed. The women never received a new contract. The banking industry is a very powerful industry, and eight women wasn't going to tell them what to do. That's the way I felt it happened. As strike funds dwindled, they dropped their discrimination suit in the summer of 1978 and accepted a small settlement. Then, the National Labor Relations Board gave them a hollow victory in 1979 
ruling that the bank had used unfair labor practices, but that the women did not deserve back pay because those unfair practices had not caused the strike. By then, Persh had resigned and the bank was sold, the first in a string of turnovers. Managers said the women could be hired back, but only when there were vacancies among replacement workers. Doris Beauchart, demoted from head bookkeeper to teller, was the only one of the Wilmer Eight to return for more than a few months. I was the only one that ever lasted then. But I just couldn't walk out and say, I just had to prove my point. And I'm still there 25 years now. I'm still in banking. And I have no regrets, she said in 2002, three years before her death from cancer at 74. The first member of the Wilmer Eight to die, she is buried at Fort Snelling National Cemetery alongside her husband. In later years, Beauchart was comforted by letters from across the globe, thanking her for her bravery and courage. She read from one of the letters in the 2002 film. Dear Doris, thank you for trudging through snow and putting up with the attitudes. You and the Wilmer Eight had an important role in the changing place for women. Thank you. For On Minnesota History, I'm Jennifer Johnson. On Minnesota History is a podcast based on the work of Kurt Brown, whose column appears each Sunday in the Minneapolis Star Tribune newspaper. I'm sticking to the union, till the day I die.